Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You're tuned in to Newcastle Past FM, and this is Understanding the Quran with Imam Muleed. Assalamualaikum, Imam Muleed. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you, Hassan? You okay? Alhamdulillah, not bad. How's things? You all right? Alhamdulillah. 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 Still breathing. Alhamdulillah. Good stuff. And um, how's how's everything going in the lockdown in Middlesbrough then? Uh, what's the latest? Uh, you know, we're just uh, normal really. There's not much difference than normal because it's not as um, as harsh as the first lockdown is. So Alhamdulillah, you know, we're just carrying on as as normal. And pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lift this calamity from the ummah and to protect us from whatever harm that may come our way. Ameen, ameen. Um, okay, Mamulid, so um, last week it was Surah Layl, um, and yes. this week we're going to see Surah Doha. Did Doha, right? yes. Yeah. Yes, okay, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, then without further ado, Sheikh, I'm going to put you on, and then I'll see you after, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وسيد الخلق أجمعين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا وإمامنا محمد صلى الله وسلم عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان وصار على نهجهم إلى الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يبقاه قولي قيت الله سبحانه وتعالى to grant us all success to keep us all safe and protected to open our hearts our minds our souls to understand the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to connect with it in a better way and a better manner. Surah Al-Duha is one of the surahs in Juzu Amma and this surah was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after a period of absence from receiving wahi. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't receive the wahi for a period of time and he was very upset about the whole situation and the kuffar of Mecca at the time would even go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say to him, your Rabb has abandoned you, he's hated you, he's left you, and so on and so on. And they were hurling abuse at the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in Bukhari and Muslim, Jundub ibn Abdullah al-Bajli radiallahu an says the story about the reasons of the revelation of the surah. Abta'a Jibreelu ala Rasulillah. Jibreel, you know, took time to come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with the wahi. And Mushrikun said, Wuddi'a Muhammad. Muhammad was abandoned uh, by his Rabb. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ وَالضُّحَى وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَأَ مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah, surah al-duha, to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we will go through the ayat now to try to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was saying to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The surah starts with an oath. Again, like a lot of the surahs that we have discussed in Juz Amma. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making an oath with Wadduha, Adduha. Now Wadduha is a time of the day that uh, the first hours of the day and some of the ulama said it's the whole day before uh, Dhuhr. So it's a time from the sunrise all the way to Dhuhr. And as we explained before, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make an oath with something in the Quran, that means that something is um, has a specific uh, reason for it, and it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised, or something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has elevated, or something that has importance to us as people to try to find out the benefits. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, 
the two raka of duha are better than the whole dunya and what's in it. So it's something that every single one of us, inshallah, should try to, to, to do as minimum to pray two raka for duha. And you can pray as many as you want. And it was narrated that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed two. He prayed uh, four and some narrations prayed eight. And some narrations even uh, prayed eleven. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an oath with a duha to show us the importance of the time of the uh, day itself and what we need to do and need to take advantage of that time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala idha saja. Saja, the night when it covers everything that's beneath it. Your Rabb has not abandoned you and your Rabb has not hated you in any way, shape or form, as the people of Mecca used to say. So the word Qala means hated, uh, annoyed or with someone or completely um, becomes an enemy of someone because of their actions or their attitude. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining that to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he has not abandoned him. He has not uh, left him alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't hate the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the people of Mecca used to say. So wadduha wallayli idha saja ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala walal akhiratu khayrun laka minal ula. Now al-akhirah is better for you and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for you in the hereafter is better for you than al-ula. Al-ula is this dunya and what's in it? Whatever we have in this dunya is temporarily. Nothing is going to be here for eternity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be granting us, you know, the, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to be amongst those ones who our hearts are connected with the hereafter and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be preparing for us in that life. So we need to think about the eternal life and try to reduce our amount of thinking or connection with the temporary life that we live in. And I always say, in this dunya, you know, we could we could accumulate whatever pleasures and leisures we could we could, could get our hands on. But in the end of the day, when we leave this dunya and we are putting this hole in the ground, which is a grave, the only thing we're going to be taking with us is our good deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our deeds, good or bad. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those ones who their deeds are heavy. heavy, heavy deeds. And we will be the ones who are given the books in the right hand, not in the left hand. So in the hereafter, we need to prepare ourselves for that. We need to act and work harder towards the hereafter. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Whatever Allah has prepared for you in the, in, in the akhirah, in the day of qiyamah, in, in the eternal life, in the permanent life, is always going to be better than what you have in this dunya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in al-akhirah, whatever you ask for until you are satisfied. And one of the things that we mentioned before, and I'm going to remind everyone about again, that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never wanted anything for himself. He's always wanted something for his ummah. So the only thing that was going to make the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam satisfied and content and happy is the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bestow upon his ummah in the day of Qiyam. And this when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
granted the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the shafa'a, the intercession in the day of Qiyamah. When every ummah, every nation will go to their prophets and ask them to make intercession for them, and all these nations and all these prophets will go to you know, the nations will go to their prophets and will ask them to make intercession to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they say, you know, I can't, I have my own issues, myself, myself. Except for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when his ummah goes to him and ask him for intercession, he'll say, Ana laha, ana laha. I am the one for it, I am the one for it. And he will go and bow down and prostrate under the, the, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive his ummah, to grant his ummah jannah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep granting the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until his heart is content, until he's happy. Alam Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started to mention few of the ni'am you of the gifts that he has bestowed and the blessings he's bestowed upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Didn't he find you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as an orphan and he granted you a place to stay and a place to live and someone to look after you and to take care of you? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born an orphan. His father passed away when his mother was pregnant with him. And then his mother passed away when he was about six years old. And his grandfather looked after him. And he passed away when he was eight. And then his uncle looked after him, Abu Talib. So the whole life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was as if it was planned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for him. So Allah is telling him, Didn't he find you as an orphan? And you were an orphan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked after you, provided for you, and showed you a place or give you a place to stay and a place to live. You didn't have any knowledge or any understanding of how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided you with that knowledge and that understanding. And you were a man who was poor. The Prophet ﷺ in the beginning of his life, before he got married and before he started doing his own business and his own trade, ﷺ, he was um, a poor man. He wasn't a rich man. And he became rich ﷺ, through the trade that he did for his wife Khadija. And he had enough wealth to support his family. And Allah ﷻ provided him with that opportunity. Allah ﷻ is mentioning that to him. ﷺ. So this is a time when we need to take a bit of a pause from the surah and concentrate on this ayah. Those who are often, do not be harsh to them. Do not belittle them. Do not look down at them. Do not take what belongs to them away from them, from their inheritance. For example, if you are the person who's responsible over the inheritance and you're supposed to look after what they have been giving as their inheritance. And the Quran, by the way, took the whole orphan thing very important, very strongly. And, you know, it was stressed in so many ayat in the Quran. In one of the surahs, The one who belies the deen, this is the one who treats the orphan very harshly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah al The bir, which is the highest level of attribute of doing good deeds. It's not about facing east and west, but it is about Which is iman, by the way. Those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hereafter, the angels, the books of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
and the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give the wealth that they have, meaning spending it in the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lovingly, happily, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to whom? Those who are related to you, those who are orphans, those who are needy, those who are difficulty, and those who are asking, and those who are indebted. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, Ana wa kafirul yatimi kahatayni fil jannah. Me and the ones who sponsors and open are like this in jannah. And he pointed with these two fingers. And if you look at the gap, and he left a little gap between the two fingers. And one of the ulama says, if any of you wants to be close to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the day of Qiyamah, then he should sponsor and open or look after and open because this is one of the things that is guaranteed if you want to be with the prophet Muhammad in jannah then you look after an orphan and you take care of them so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reminded the prophet muhammad وسلم, that you were an orphan one day so be kind to orphans you understand how difficult it is you understand the difficulty and in surat al-nisa by the way before i forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned something that unfortunately a lot of people nowadays do. You know, they eat the inheritance of others, they don't give them what they belongs to them, and they, you know, in some cultures only the boys inherit and the girls don't inherit, which is something that is completely opposing Islam and against the practice of the Prophet Muhammad and those people who do this knowingly that they're doing something culturally, not religiously, and they take in what doesn't belong to them, they will be faced by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of Qiyamah, and whatever they take in that doesn't belong to them, they will be asked to carry the seven amount the times over their heads in the day of Qiyam. And so in that surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned something specific about the orphan. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ أَمْوَالَ الْيَتَامِ إِنَّمَا يَأْكُلُونَ فِي بُطُونِهِمْ نَارًا Those who eat the wealth and the inheritance of those who are orphaned, it is as if they are eating fire into their body. May Allah protect us and save us from being amongst those people or like those people who treat the orphans in a horrible manner. The next ayah, The person who comes and asks you, they're in trouble, they have a difficulty, they're going through a difficult time, financially, emotionally, physically, they come and ask you for help. If you are able, then alhamdulillah, don't be harsh in your reply to them, in your answer to them. Even if you're not willing to help them, be kind and gentle and speak to them gently and kindly. Even if you're going to turn them away, don't be harsh in your reply. We have a lot of people who are in need, in need of help. It doesn't have to be financial. It could be emotional. It could be just a point of supporting somebody uh, by being with them and show them that they are not alone during the difficult time that they are going through. Especially with the situation that we find ourselves in, a lot of people may be going into isolation or so on, and they're having difficult time because they feel alone, neglected, and by themselves. And we leave all the issue with COVID and what people think about it aside, and we'll concentrate on the issue. And the fact of the matter is that some people might find themselves, you know, going through a difficult time because they feel neglected. So we need to understand that and not to let these people alone and be kind to them and be gentle to them. And people who have the knowledge and understanding of the deen, when they are asked about a matter in the deen, they should be happy and 
able to answer the matter. But at the same time, the ones who are asking need to have the mannerism of the student of knowledge and not keep asking and trying to debate the answer if they don't like what they hear. So this works both ways. So the ones who are asking, make sure that you are asking because you need what you're asking for. And the ones who have been asked, if you can't afford, then be kind and gentle in your reply. And if you can't afford it, then do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you immensely. And the gift that you are given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dunya, from Islam, from Iman, from understanding and connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the acts of ibadah, from the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you, then explain it to people. Explain to people the deen. To take them and guide them away from the ignorance that they are in. Because it's Rina is not about, you know, the person who comes, uh, you know, the Prophet Muhammad when he was asked about, uh, you know, the poor person. You know, the, he asked the companions about the poor person. He said, you know, who's the poor amongst you? They said, the one who doesn't have dirham and dinar. You know, the, the, the currency that they use at the time. We could say pounds and pennies or dollars and cents. And the Prophet Muhammad says, no. The one who is poor, the one who comes in the day of Qiyamah with a lot of salah and a lot of ibadah, but he swore at this, insulted this, harmed this, you know, hurt this, neglected this, and then they come and take from the good deed of the individual until he's got nothing left to give, and then you end up taking from the bodies. This is truly the person who's going to be poor on the day of Qiyamah, because he will be the one who's going to find me Allah protect us. So we need to understand, you know, the, the, the reasons behind these ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing to us is to be kind and gentle. Even if you can't afford it, be nice in your reply. Apologize. Be sincere. Make a dua with the person that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eases the hardship and lift that calamity that they're going through away from them. And the guidance that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with and he's given is something that we need to follow. Not ignore and not neglect. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us all safe and protected. So this is Surah Al-Duha and we're going to be going through very small surahs and short surahs in the coming weeks and I think we will be going inshallah to do uh, maybe two or three surahs in one session and to try and to cover them during the time uh, allocated to us inshallah because the surahs now are going to start getting very short and very small and some of them are connected with each other and inshallah we will go back to our brother Hassan in the studio and um, uh, take some of the questions if there are any inshallah Zakumallah khair Um, beautiful message, mashallah. And um, I must say, those uh, those mugs behind you are, are quite beautiful as well. I was loving them, mashallah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think some of the audience are liking them as well, alhamdulillah. Um, alhamdulillah. So there's loads, mashallah, of comments. Um, subhanallah, too many to go through, but a lot of slams, a lot of duas um, for yourself. And uh, Walaikum Salaam wa rahmatullahi to everyone um, that's here. Jazakallah khair for all of your comments. Um, so, just going to get try and get to the question. Um, if you bear with me, so 
there was one question that came in from Russia. Russia says, I want to ask what is the best way to deal with hardship times or hard times? Patience is very important. Um, and connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Um, some people are going to go through a difficult time and we might even go through even more difficult time and even harder time in the future. So if we think the time that we are in at the moment is quite easy, then we need to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. You know, get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Get to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the time of ease. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be close to you and helping you and aiding you during the time of difficulty. The other thing as well, don't feel alone. You know, some people, maybe they're living by themselves, students who have moved home and they're staying closer to the universities. You know, people who had to travel away and work away during these difficult times and they cannot go back to their families because of the fear of spreading the illness or whatever. But always there's something that can keep you, you know, accompanied or be your companion 24-7. And you don't have to find another human being to be with you, which is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran. Now, some of the scholars used to say, whomever the Quran is their companion, they don't need another companion in the world. Because once you are a companion of the Quran, you will always be happy and content and you will always find something to do and you will never think about anything else. So patience, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get to get closer to the Quran because it is very important. Even if you don't know how to read the Quran, try to listen to the Quran. Try to teach yourself how to read the Quran. There are a lot of lessons available online and people can really benefit from them and you know, try to even start first steps and get closer to the Quran. And once you do that, you will find yourself busy because you've got something now to connect with. You've got something now to keep you occupied. And time is so important. Once you start having plenty of time in your hand and that time is not occupied with something that is beneficial, you will find yourself starting to feel lonely and the time starts to go slowly and then your mind starts to wander and then you are going through the stages of you know, depression, anxiety and so on and so on and you will find yourself really becoming you know, uh, embroiled in that cycle. And sometimes it can be a very vicious cycle. And I've, you know, I've seen few people who are going through it. So get yourself uh, busy with something. If you are already connected with the Quran and you still find things a bit difficult, get to understand the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, especially during these difficult times that we are going through when the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the religions attacked from every corner and every angle of the world. So get closer to the seerah. Try to read about the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Try to understand who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, it's it's really important because we all say we love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We like Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But very few people around the world understand who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam well and truly. Very few people understand, you know, and read the seerah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and connected with it. So we need to really get busy with that inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, eases the hardship that the sister is going through and the difficulty that she's going through inshallah Jazakallah khair um, so there's another question from sister Sabrina she's asking is it true that when we read surah Doha when we lose something we will find it and what is the uh, the reality I guess I use it and it works for me is that true um 
there are some narrations about it. Um, right. I couldn't find I couldn't find any authentic narrations, but there are some narrations. And by the way, the Quran in itself, as a whole, can act as a way of doing that. The reason I'm saying this, if you are desperate trying to look for something, take a step back, try to make a step far first and read some verses from the Quran. You're calming yourself down and you're going to find yourself uh, relaxed and you know you might end up remembering where you've lost whatever you've lost or find. Um, it's, there's, there are some narrations and some uh, sayings about Surah Al-Duha, but uh, the authenticity of it, the level of authenticity of it is questioned by some of the ulama, so I really cannot uh, say it's 100%, but if it works for you, then Alhamdulillah, why not? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, just a quick question from my side, actually. I, I lost my keys just the other day, to be honest, and... Um, uh, I, I did panic and I didn't follow any of the good advice, right? But in hindsight, I was thinking I should have probably uh, read. Is it true that you read Inna Lahiyun Rajiun? Is that is that right? When you lose something, um, the thing is, when you lose something, the the, the dua that I always use, Wama Ansanihu Illa Shaitanu An Okay. The dua of the servant of Musa alayhi salam when he's lost the whale or left the whale behind and they forgot about it and when they were traveling and they met Al-Khidr the story the popular story in Surah Al-Kahf um, and you take a step back and you make a step far and you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will aid you and help you and support you inshallah um, so it's always better to calm you know trust me from experience if you start panicking like i do sometimes when you lose something and you're desperate and you want to get it you end up not just losing your your your, your mind you end up losing your temper and you get very aggressive and you're trying to you know blame everybody else around you and trust me i've been through this myself blame the kids blame the wife may allah subhanahu wa grant her more patience she's very patient with me um, you know, but you know, th this is the reality of the situation. But trust me, I find myself if I take a step back and just think about it, you end up finding things. And lately, I'm the one who's been really to my house. Okay, okay, alhamdulillah. Uh, Imam Ali, there's another question for you. Um, here, so Sister Eva's asking, um, my friend told me she's considering she's considered an orphan in Islam because she is without a father. Uh, she does have a mother, however. Uh, is that a cultural belief or in it or Islamic belief? It is in Islam. The the orphan is the one who's lost the father before they reach the age of puberty or the age of maturity. Oh, okay. So if they lost the father, say before they reach the age of um, maturity, which roughly around would say let's say eighteen, sixteen, then they are you know, will be considered orphans in Islam. Right. So okay. it's not the mother, it's the father. Because the father the is father. the one who have oh. the responsibility of supporting and financially looking after the child and taking care of them and their education and their clothing and their living and so on and so on. These are the responsibilities of Paul's under the father, but not the mother. So when the father passes away, and then the child is recognized or considered an orphan. SubhanAllah. So, do you know the hadith about um, about taking care of the orphans and being like this with the Prophet ﷺ uh, hereafter? Does that count towards 
uh, this type of warfare as well. Um, yes. Really, if they, if if they you know, if they're going through a difficulty, if they're troubled, an orphan is sometimes can be uh, very susceptible to you know bad ideas by friends, and they will always need guidance, and they will always need that father figure around to try to guide them, or somebody who's close to them who can actually keep an eye on them and making sure they're not being dragged into the the wrong path because they haven't got that guidance at home. So if you have an orphan. You know, that support doesn't have to be, some orphans might be very wealthy because the mother is quite wealthy and she's got the, all the wealth in the world that she can look after them. But sponsoring them can be by looking after them, you know, even emotionally, making sure that they are not, you know, going through a difficult time because, you know, sometimes, you know, I even go through that myself because I've lost my father when I was roughly around 18, 19. And, you know, sometimes I sit and maybe watch a program or something or see, uh, you know, a child hugging his father and tears will run in my eyes because I remember my father. So it doesn't, you don't have to be a child to go through that, but it's it's something But children will go through even more and they will find it a bit more difficult, you know, especially if they walk in the street and they see somebody walking with their parents, a father and so on. So they find it that difficult. So if you try to be close to them, to try to lessen the pressure that they're going through and that the stigma sometimes that orphans can be can suffer in the society that we live in can be very very degrading and very damaging to the child's welfare and we need to understand that so we need to try to be as close to them as much as possible in supporting them in their education in their emotional support and guidance all of these can be yeah absolutely so that so all of that can be sponsoring to the, the orphans. So it's not just about the financial support, but of course there are orphans across the globe, especially the Muslim world in the moment where there's a lot of war zones taking place. These people need our help and support and we could we should do our utmost best to support as many as we can, inshallah, if we are financially able and capable. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair. There's another question for you here, Mamulid. Um, it's from uh, Ibtisam. Assalamualaikum. Jazakallah khair for beautiful explanation. Is it correct that Surah Ishira um, and Surah Doha were recited as a set? Um, I would have to come back to the sister in that um, the Surah Al-Doha was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad separately. Surah Al-Inshirah was revealed separately. They weren't revealed at the same time. Uh, but uh, reciting them as a set, there's nothing that I've read that comes into mind. Um, but inshallah, I'll try to do a bit more research as we are going to go through Surah uh, Inshirah, inshallah, uh, next week. We'll do Surah Sharh uh, and Surah Teen together, inshallah. We'll do them together, inshallah, next week. And we'll try to, I'll find out if that is mentioned in any of the Tafsir books, then inshallah, we'll mention it. Okay, JazakAllah khair. Um, there's a question here, it seems, from patients. Um, it, it, I'm not sure if it's for us or if it's for one of the people in the comments, but I think it's good for you to give an answer as well, inshallah, for the audience. Um, how do you do istikhara? What is istikhara? Istikhara is um, you're, you wanted to do something. You wanted to get something. Say, for instance, um, one of the brothers is about to get married or one of the sisters are about to get married. And they've been recommended somebody you know, uh, a potential spouse. Uh, so for them, before they make that decision, they need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or they want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance because they're not sure or they wanted to 
um, find out if it's going to be good for them for the long term or is it going to be bad. So istikhara, you ask it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that guidance. So the correct way to do it is to make your wudu in a time where you are allowed to pray. So between Fajr and sunrise, you shouldn't. And between Asr and Maghrib, you shouldn't. Okay, I didn't these know are the time. These are the time that are for, you're not supposed to pray any nafila in. Any other oh. time, you can do it. Okay. And I always say to people, do it in the third uh, part of the, the last third of the night, because this is the time when it's closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come um, down to the lower heaven in that time and listen to his servants and accept their dua and supplication. So you make a wudu and you pray two rak'ah with the niyyah of making istikhara. And after you finish the two rak'ah, you raise your hand and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, for guidance in the matter. And there are different du'as that you can say, but this, the gist of it, in any language, by the way, you can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from any language, in any language you can speak, it doesn't have to be in Arabic. And the gist of it is you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the du'a that, oh Allah, um, this matter, and you name it, whatever matter it is, if it's marriage, if it's buying a car, if it's buying a house, uh, that if it's good for my deen and for my dunya, make it easy for me and uh, make it happen to me. And if it is bad for my deen and you name whatever the situation is or whatever the thing that you want is bad for your deen and your dunya, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you away from it and to keep it away from you. And once you make that dua, then you you you, you start your dua always, always. Um, this is like... Um, one of these, you know, you watch YouTubes nowadays and you get people yeah. coming with all different hacks. This is a hack to do this. This is a shortcut to get this. So there is one for the dua, by the way. Which when you start your dua, you started with the salah upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim. And then you make your dua. And then when you finish dua, you make the salah upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam again. Okay. Because the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said, Man salla alayya salatan sallallahu alayhi biha ashra. Umaba send the salahs upon me once Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replies it back ten times to them. That means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept the first and the last. And inshallah we hope that Allah accept what's in between inshallah. Inshallah. I like that. Nice. Alhamdulillah. Um, there's a follow-up question from Parsa. Um, Pastor is asking, um, how can we get to know about answer of istikara? Do we get an answer? Is there a dream or anything like that you have um, after doing istikara? Either you're going to find yourself, listen, there are different people will have different uh, ways of finding out. Uh, you can have a dream about it that actually makes it look good for you. And you, you tend to be liking what you see in the dream or you have a dream and it becomes like a nightmare and you just completely hate whatever the situation is. Or you will find yourself being drawn closer to whatever you're trying to achieve or you find that things are actually falling in place for you to get whatever you want done. So different people will have different things happening to them. It's not one specific thing for every person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide people in different ways either to prevent whatever... Uh, this thing if it's harmful for them or to make it easy for them and just a quick advice for everyone if you make istikhara and you 
find yourself upset or not happy about the whole situation and you find yourself even getting more upset because you're not getting a good vibe about the situation because you really really wanted it don't be upset because it may be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting you from a harm that might happen to you okay it may be that you're not ready for whatever you are asking for now and Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala is delaying it for you until you are ready to get what you want you might want to be you know uh, uh, to become a millionaire and uh, if you become a millionaire that you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're wasting that money and you're spending it in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you become a sinner and you're not ready for it because you are not maturely enough matured enough in the religious aspect of things to be able to handle that from a financial point of view and it might be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preparing something else for you in this dunya or in the hereafter that is far better than what you're asking for. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not giving you what you ask for. So be all the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't be upset about the whole situation. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, there's kind of a comment and um, saying from Maryam, um, I will do istikara for uni, have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so just a quick um, clarification, uh, Imam Walid. So when you do istikara, is it to, like you've got two options and you don't know which one, or uh, so you do istikara to for Allah to guide you to the best one, or is it you pick one and then say, if that's good for me, then let it be. It's whatever you want, whatever, whatever. You can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever he has is, you know, the safes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are full. And if we all ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever we want, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant every single one of us our wishes, that's not going to, you know, reduce what uh, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has as much as, if, you know, you drop a thread in the middle of the ocean and pull it. How much water does that thread take out of the ocean? So... You know, whatever you want, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it's two things, three things, ten things, a million things, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always, inshallah, guide you. As long, listen, as long as your intention is sincere. Okay. And as long as what you're asking for is good and beneficial, not just for the dunya. Don't just think about the dunya. Always think about the akhirah as well because it's very important. Then inshallah, if it's good, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide you for it. If it's bad, if it's not something going to be beneficial for you, it's something that's going to cause harm to you, and it doesn't happen, then be uh, thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protecting you from it. Um, just want to share another comment from Sister Mariam. I, I think uh, it's a nice comment, mashallah. She says, um, the verse, uh, did he find you lost, so he guided, uh, usually uh, makes a tear up, because uh, uh, wallahi, it's as if Allah suddenly put iman in our heart out of nowhere. And um, I mean, I think a lot of us can probably relate to that as well. To be honest, it's a, it's a nice thing, alhamdulillah. Um, okay, so uh, there was another question. I can't see it right now, but uh, someone I believe was asking, how do, where do I find these duas? Uh, I think it was patience. Um, yeah, so he's saying, where do I find the dua or can I just make it on uh, my own? So it's a particular um, dua. You can you can actually search it very quickly in Google. You'll find it. It's one of the things I think you will be able to find in Google very quickly. Um, if you search for Dua al Istikhara, uh, you will find it very quickly. Or if you can download Hasnul Muslim, uh, it's one of the the fortress of the Muslim. You'll be able to find all these duas in uh, as well. And it's a good book to have with you all the time. 
Uh, you could even download apps in your phones nowadays. All these smartphones, you can right. actually download yeah, these apps in the phones, and it will be um, available. I think you will have all these duas in there as well. It does. I'll just share it with the audience. So it's on my phone here. It's called um, My Dua. Uh, that's for Apple users. So um, it's it's the whole book basically. And uh, your Apple users, all oh, I making that face as if I've just Listen, said something. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm just happy that somebody else is using Apple like me. Um, I had an argument this evening. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm trying to ignore it. But anyway, um, avoid, avoid. I think I think uh, Android users um, always think think that they are better than Apple users. But Alhamdulillah, I got told um, it's I'm an Apple user tonight because I uh, I don't know what IT is or I don't know how to use um, phones and laptops. Alhamdulillah. That's, that's <laughs> I was, I was like, that's good. fine. Um, because I'm that's happy. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but you know what? Um, just just as uh, going back to the the app and the book, his no Muslim portraits of a Muslim. I, I really think it's something every Muslim should have. Um, especially if it's you just, you know. Yeah, it's 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 paramount. I think everyone should have it. It's it's really good. It's beneficial. There's a lot of du'as and a lot of benefits in it. And you know, you could uh, start. You could actually find yourself starting to memorize a lot of the du'as very quickly as well, because a lot of these du'as are very short, very sweet. You know, like simple. They're all from the Quran and the Sunnah. They're not difficult. And I'm going to give a piece of advice, and it might be just a bit, you know, on the light-hearted side of the situation. It's good to understand the du'a as well and trying to relate to it. Um, don't just read the du'a in Arabic and think, you know, done, you know, because there was uh, a situation where one of the teachers who used to teach me the Quran when I was um, in Mecca, and he, we, they used to send all the hafaz, the people who memorized the Quran to different masajid to read taraweeh. And one of the masajid, the, the sheikh went in, and the muaddin asked the sheikh if he could lead the uh, the witr. And the sheikh didn't argue with the guy because uh, my sheikh was uh, from uh, Pakistan originally. Ubaidul Haq Abdul Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, guide him and grant him you know, blessings in this life and in the hereafter for what he has given me, the knowledge that he has taught me. And he, the thing is, if you're a foreigner in Saudi Arabia at that time, you, you have to start behaving yourself. And that the, the, the Mu'addin was a Bedouin guy and very hard-hearted guy. So the Sheikh said to him, go, do it. So the, the Mu'addin started to lead the witr. When he came to the dua, he started reading from the book. There was a book available for the Qunut at the time for people to start memorizing if they don't know any dua or they can't say anything they just read through the book and you know it has a lot of duas and good duas in okay he the guy finished the duas in the book and at that time the trend was to make the dua quite long so he started mixing and matching from different surahs and from different hadiths until he started to really run out of available duas and then he said the dua of ummu maryam when she was carrying Maryam, when she said, Rabbi inni minni alim. Oh Allah, I have given what I am carrying inside my womb to you to be your servant. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever it is, bless me. So this man is actually saying this dua. He's saying, Oh Allah, I've given whatever I'm carrying inside my oh, womb no. to you, oh Allah. So grant me blessings. Oh my. <laughs> 
and the sheikh basically goes and the problem is not just him saying it it's everybody behind half asleep saying amen that's why I always say to people, be careful and always try to understand the dua. So when you say in it, there are a lot of du'as available in the Quran for protection from the hellfire, for blessings and so on. And the hadith of the Prophet is full. Just try to understand it. So it's good to get the photos of the Muslim in English because it will have the translation as well. And that will give you the idea how to say it, not just say it in Arabic, but to understand what you're saying as well. So you don't just repeat blindly whatever it is and then you might end up finding yourself in a bit of a pickle yeah yeah jazakallah khair um patient is asking masha a lot of really good questions tonight he's got another one he's saying what's the third of the night what time is that it's always the last hour before pressure i would always okay. say to people the last hour before pressure um, because it's um pressure is different times so nowadays for example in the uk the night is quite long so we start you know maghrib is around uh, you know quarter past four in the evening and then you know fajr is around you know six o'clock in the morning so the night is quite long um so i would say to people the last uh, two hours or one hour before fajr it depending which you know what time of the year you're in because in the summer in the uk for example night is very short as well so you can't say you know the last two hours because the last two hours that mean just before Isha, uh, you know just after Isha in some countries yeah. so you need to, you need to think about in whichever country and whichever uh, part of the world you're living in and then you can divide actually the night into three parts and then think about it but i always say the last hour before fajr because it's the closest time to fajr and that will give you the opportunity as well to pray fajr in time as well and not miss it Okay, Jazakallah Khair. Well, just out of interest, uh, I'm not in England, so what, what time is Fajr in England? What time is it kicking? Uh, it depends which part of the country you're in. We pray Jama'ah, well, we used to pray Jama'ah in the Masjid around uh, quarter past uh, four, uh, six in the morning at the moment. So, All right, okay. Uh, the starting time, I think, is roughly around quarter to six. Okay, all right. So about like what, quarter to seven, um, half six-ish would be a good time to pray. Yeah. Okay. Alhamdulillah. No, no. Um, if you if you pray, if you are praying uh, the tahajjud, I would say that the tahajjud or istikhara in the last third of the night. I would say the best time is between half past four in the morning. Okay. Half past four in the morning, and onwards. You know, you've got plenty of time then. You know, you can make yourself a cup of tea, wake yourself up, or a cup of coffee, whatever. You know, plots your boats, and then. You know, concentrate on on the salah. You know, um, but it's 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 really good. And trust me, it's one of the things. If you do, uh, it will give you that energy even more throughout the day. Yeah, inshallah. Mamulid, um, another question here from um, Amani. Amani's asking, um, how do we pray salat al hajja Al hajja Salat al hajja It's similar to salat al istikhara. Okay. So again, you there are different ways of uh, praying it and different hadiths, and inshallah we'll uh, we can even you know cover that more in details and we make a, a special uh, session about the, the different salats and the different um, uh, sunnas that I think the forgotten sunnas. I think we should have one of the days just talking about the forgotten sunnas. Shall we make it next week instead? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Inshallah. Um, okay. We'll make we'll, we'll make it about the uh, 
they're forgetting sunnahs and if any of the brothers or the sisters are available there want uh, to ask any questions about different salats and different uh, practices then can send the questions inshallah to the to the to yourself yeah and then inshallah we'll go through them and cover whatever we can inshallah next week inshallah um i think this last one is probably clarification for istikhara does it have to be in arabic no no Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the brothers and the sisters the clearest of advice here. Don't listen to anyone who say to you you have to read the dua in Arabic. The only thing you have to read in Arabic is the Quran, is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the salah and the adhkar during the salah, like Subhana Rabbi al-Ala, Subhana Rabbi al-Azim, Sami Allah Hamida, Rabbana Lakal Hamd, because the salah is different. The salah is different. And the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was sent in Arabic. So it has to be read or recited in Arabic because that is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything else you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, you, mean to make, you, you want to make a dua, you want to request something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your tongue, it's absolutely fine. You don't have to say it in Arabic because the one who created you created the language that you speak and he will understand you. And if you find that Arabic is easy for you and it's better to tell or to say whatever you want out of your heart, it's fine. But if you find that English is better, fine. If you find that you know, uh, Russian is better, it's fine. Whatever language you feel comfortable with, then use that language. Okay, okay, yeah. Jazakallah khair. Um, just checking, there's loads of comments on, um, just checking for any uh, questions. Yeah, Saeed has a question, if you don't mind. Um, if a person sins continuously and repents continuously, will it be accepted by Allah? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that if you don't, sin and then repent and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you away and will bring people who will sin and repent and ask Allah for forgiveness and Allah will forgive them you know as long as you're not um, somebody who just sin because they want to sin you know you can sin and then make a mistake you literally just in the heat of the moment you make a mistake and then you repent you can make that again and repent it's absolutely fine as long as you repent instantaneously and you don't just dwell on it and leave it for a few days or a few hours and then you know think well what have i made i just you know as long as you as soon as you have collected your thoughts and you understood what you made and you know that it's a mistake and it's a sin and you repent from it then inshallah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you sin and don't ever lose hope in the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Oh my servants who have went so far you know, with your sins. You know, you went so far with your sins. You know, you committed whatever sins. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah forgives all sins. You know, the only sins that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't forgive. And for the person to actually have that sin forgiven is shirk. And for that person to have that sin forgiven is for them to accept Islam again from start. You know, for the person to commit shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But anything else, as long as the person repent from it and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely from it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive the sin. The other things as well, if your sin is against an individual, i.e. you backbitten the individual, you took something from that individual that doesn't belong to you, you have to return that back and ask that person to forgive you, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah will forgive you for that sin. But the situation is, is, if you find yourself struggling, 
and find yourself going through a difficult time with these sins that you are doing, depends whatever sin it is, then there might be a way that the environment around you might affect your behavior. Yeah. The the household and the practices of the household might be affecting your behavior. Whatever you're reading yourself might be affecting your behavior. So you have to think, where is this coming from? And try to tackle the issue from that angle. Yeah. So if it's the friends that you are hanging around with, then it's better not to hang around with these friends and find a group of friends who are actually on the straight path and they might guide you. Yeah. If you find that um, the, the, the parents are the ones who are causing your difficulty, then you know what, be kind to your parents, but you don't have to uh, do whatever they ask you to do if it's a disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only time you're not allowed to, you're not allowed you're not allowed to obey your parents if it's in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? If you are able to move away from the environment that you're in completely, then alhamdulillah. If you're struggling, then pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And inshallah, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease the brother's hardship and to make things easy for him and to make uh, a way for him to escape from these issues that he's facing and difficulties that he's facing, inshallah, and find another way and another uh, path that he can follow, inshallah, that's full of goodness and full of blessings, inshallah. I mean, um, I hope that helped. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Saeed's going through some things, and um, may Allah make things easy for him. Um, Saeed, Saeed, if you do need to speak to uh, to us uh, in private or after the show, um, you can contact us on uh, the messages on Facebook, Instagram, and um, we're on Twitter as well, and, and, and all the social medias, basically, on Newcastle Fast FM. Um, um, and, or if you're on um, Jordan's, um, YouTube channel, I think you can probably contact Jordan as well, but yeah, uh, even email uh, newcastlefastfm at gmail.com if you have any questions um, or any, need any help or advice we're here to help, uh, and even if we can't, alhamdulillah, we have um, sheikhs like Imam Walid um, that can also help uh, and we can uh, refer to them for questions and answers, inshallah, so um, yeah, don't lose hope you're not alone, inshallah um, and if you need anything, we're here Inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. Okay, Mamalid, I think that's pretty much it for all the questions. Um, so, any final words um, from your side, Sheikh? Um, um, my advice to everybody, um, if you're in the UK, just uh, stay connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And keep praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lift this calamity. I know a lot of people are thinking about the whole issue of COVID from different angles and everybody have their own opinion about it. In the end of the day, our hope is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to keep connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to keep our hope with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us safety and protection from whatever is that is out there. Uh, you know, if it's the virus, if it's, uh, as some people say, planning and plotting it, whatever the people are saying, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from it and to keep us safe and to keep us protected. And I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lift this calamity from the whole of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And if you go through a difficult time because of it, then stay close to the Quran. Stay close to the Quran. Wallahi, it is the best companion that a person can have during these difficult times. Not just by reciting, 
because that will soothe you and soothe your heart. But by trying to understand and learn a little bit more about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and inshallah we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all uh, understanding of the Quran and success inshallah. Jazakumullah. So um, on that note, I think uh, we'll end the show, inshallah. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, please do like, share, follow, subscribe um, to Newcastle Fast FM, or if you're on Jordan's channel, also his channel, please. And um, inshallah, we'll see you next week for a special going through misconceptions of... Um, no, to, trying to understand the forgotten sunnahs, inshallah. Forgotten sunnahs, sorry. Yes, you're right, yep. Okay, Jazakallah khair. So, inshallah, Mamuli, I'll see you next week, inshallah. Inshallah, Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. Wa'alaikum. 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 Wa'